0: Starting a podcast can be very time-consuming. I've been doing it for more than three years now, and my biggest challenge was finding a way to distribute my episodes across major audio platforms in a way that was easy, effective, and free to use. That's when I came across Anchor. And the best part is that you can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's going on, everybody? This is George Khalifa. It's episode 25 of Let's Grab Coffee. I'm here with my friend, the awesome entrepreneur, Mark Metri. Mark is the founder of Humans 2.0 podcast. If you guys haven't checked it out, we actually did a podcast uh, together. It was a couple months uh, ago now, which which was uh, really awesome. And uh, Mark has been a phenomenal interviewer. um, And he's grown this podcast to one of the top 50 self-help podcasts on iTunes. So if you haven't checked it out, the first thing you should do after this is go to iTunes subscribe to Mark and make sure you follow this podcast and he's had people like neil patel david Meltzer, uh, jay summitmit i think, and so many other people and um it's, it's phenomenal to see also the the sort of wide range of 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 interviews he uh, he's had on the podcast as well from athletes to entrepreneurs to business people and so you know whatever your kind of um, your your subject or your or your topic that you're you're kind of interested in uh Mark has the nail down he has it provided. Um, So Mark is also the founder of a company called VU Dream, which is uh, a marketing and advertising agency based in Boston that services the virtual and augmented reality space. Uh, Mark's big on that. If you haven't checked it out also on Instagram, he has a social uh, channel called VU Dream. I honestly recommend it. It kind of keeps me up to date with all all the news that's happening uh, in that space. And he's just a guy that's passionate about podcast, uh, self-development, um, as well as virtual reality. So Mark, thanks a lot for doing this, man.
1: Quite the intro, George. Thank you so much for having me on, and you know, thank you everyone out there for listening.
0: Love it, dude. So, so look, a lot of people listening. Tell us about yourself. How'd you get started? Who's Mark?
1: Yeah, cool, dude. So, I mean, if you want to take a, a top down view, I was born in 1997. Um, you know, always, always was a kid that had kind of entrepreneurial tendencies, didn't really go full blown. Um, at the age of 15, I ended up starting a business that really opened my eyes in terms of the internet, was very financially successful. Um, moved on from there, ended up starting a business called View Dream. I got into virtual reality because I just became aware of all of its uses from the medical field to, you know, from this industry to this industry. I basically came to the realization that virtual reality, augmented reality is essentially going to disrupt every single industry in 10, 15 years and even how we view content and engage with each other in general. So I was like, all right, I got to get into this like right now. So I just started with whatever I could do at the beginning. And originally it was a completely different business model. But eventually after a pretty solid marketing campaign through trial and error and Through getting millions of people on our website, CEO after CEO started reaching out to me saying, hey, you know, we're in like the super niche VR space. How do you market to all these people? We ended up switching our business model to just be a growth agency for those companies. And it's been doing amazing ever since. Um, In the process of that, I ended up starting this podcast called Humans 2.0. And it was born out of a few elements coming together. But overall, it was just... um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of different issues in my life kind of arose at the same time, not just on the business level, but on the personal he- level, on the, he- like literally on every single level. So I was just kind of like, all right, I got to bring out the big guns and I clearly don't know what I'm doing. So why don't I create a, a platform that almost, um, systematically enables me to learn? From the world's greatest people, so that's what I started doing it didn't turn out didn't start off so great. I had a lot of the the fear of failure going it took me almost like two months to put out one podcast um, but ever since then it's uh, it's been on a roll, and that's what I do now
0: very cool man so let's talk a bit about the the podcast because I know that's obviously a big thing for you as well and um, what I kind of want to ask about the podcast is a lot of my friends now you know see the platforms that we have and they say, like, oh, I really want to get into this, this space. I just don't know what to, I don't know where to start. I don't know, you know, what, what should my topic be? I don't know what my value prop should be. So how did you go about figuring out, um, you know, just how to actually create that infrastructure to which your, your Humans 2.0 podcast was built on?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So I can tell you the story kind of behind it. So I guess the first seed of it was planted. I was having this conversation with a lot of my friends, and it was about the technological singularity. I don't know if you know what that is or not, but it's basically this theory coined by this guy named Ray Kurzweil. He's the head of engineering at Google. He's written a bunch of books. He's a genius guy. You should look into him. But basically, he makes the case that humans through um nanotechnology, artificial intelligence, are going to be able to transcend biology by the year 2045. So not that long. So I was talking to my friends about this, and they were telling me, Mark, there's no way this is possible. This is not going to happen. It's not, you know, technologically possible. This is, you know, this is, nobody's ever going to invent such a thing. And, you know, those reasons to me were very intellectually lazy. You know, it's one thing to disagree with it, but the reasons that they were giving me, they just, they weren't satiating me. Mm -hmm. And through that process of technology and through that growth, I started thinking about it because I a big, big concept of the podcast is technology and self-development, especially how technology is changing how we survive today. So I had that concept going and the term humans 2.0 just like popped in my mind eventually after, you know, a couple weeks of doing that. But really when I started it, there was not like a set topic. It was just what I was interested. And at the beginning, you know, you mentioned that. I have a wide variety of topics, but I think they're all kind of saying the same thing. And that's just the kind of person I am, you know, I'm very interested in in different things. But once I had that, that development topic mm-hmm. and that name going, I just started. I didn't really give too much um, to the, the, like the graphics, the description name, anything like that. That was all just kind of a, you know, a step-by-step. And, you know, just like for background, when I first came up with the idea for it, I made like this trailer on YouTube in June of 2017. And I didn't upload a single podcast after that for two months. And, you know, a lot of it was me trying to get different guests together. But a big part of it was just like, I built like this thing in my head, like this name, Humans 2.0, that I was almost kind of anxious to proceed forward because i didn't want to screw it up but after i got over that Mm -hmm. everything was just super simple everything started connecting together just how it it usually is yeah and
0: and like every every scenario man but i think that that's something we all go through like i i think i felt the exact same way you know with my first episode um and i'm not sure if if you kind of went through this but in the beginning when i started reaching out to people even though i had a pretty big network um when i started telling people i was you know i wanted to do this podcast um very few actually wanted to, to be the first guest on the first episode of my show. Um, just because, you know, they kind of didn't wanna take that that risk of how it how it mm-hmm. might might turn out. So they're like, look, have a couple under your belt, man, come back, we'll do it. Um so just getting that first first person. I think for me, I always say this, but Paul Nado has been like a, a blessing in disguise, man, just to to even wanna you know do that and and give me that chance to build a platform. Um I, I like the fact that you said, you know, it took you two months to to kind of get over that, that hump. So, so what did like, what, what was that tipping point for you? I mean, you, you went through, through those two months. What was that clicking point where you said, you know what, I can't wait any longer. Like I just have to put, you know, start putting this stuff uh, out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think what you said is really interesting. And uh, you know, what I did, for example, is I reached out to, the connects that I had in the virtual reality industry, the industry that I was already in. So that's how I got my first couple of guests. So that made it easier. But for me, what really made me do it is, you know, you know, George, for me, I'm either like a zero or a 100 guy. I, I'm i only on or off. I don't do things in the middle. And that's how I lived my entire life. And internally, what that's kind of built in for me is like this, uh, not really a critic, but somebody that says, you know, it, if you're not taking action, if you're just overthinking it, there's kind of like a timer and it gives me like this timer and it's like, okay, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. Now you actually have to do something about it. And for me, that tipping point came, I'm pretty sure it was when I saw one of my friends start another podcast. And then that kind of like motivated me to do it. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to do this thing. Yeah. I already have a couple guests that guests that are lined up and I did it but um here's the thing it wasn't uh it wasn't clean after that either i posted <laughs> like two and i posted two in one day like at the very end of august i didn't post anything else for like another two weeks it took me like another um overall like three weeks to post like a couple more it was just not very consistent whatsoever mm-hmm. um but for me the, really the what really broke the the straw in the camel's back, so to speak, was at the beginning of the year, January 1st, 2018, I was like, man, you know, I've already seen the opportunity from this podcast already. I would be stupid not to take it. And I just went all in, started posting three, four episodes a week. And that's where I really started to see things taking off.
0: What would you say has been the biggest I guess reward for you having done and how many episodes has it been so far for you Mark?
1: Published like oh. 97 but uh hmm. recorded maybe like 115.
0: Okay. 115, 97. So so out of those 97 like what has been really the most rewarding part of, of actually creating this thing?
1: Yeah, I mean I overall like through the process of creating the podcast, I mean I would say the biggest thing is you know, just like I said, like I'm, uh, I'm one of those people I, I love learning. And, uh, you know, if I go day without learning, I kind of feel sick. <laughs> That's, it doesn't work. And, uh, you know, just, just the way that I've learned personally, the way I learn is through experiential auditory conversations. And the process of getting on a Hangouts, this is going to seem weird, but the process of getting on a Hangouts call, with like a New York Times bestselling author, somebody who like you read their book, like three years ago, and it like changed your life. And then like being somebody who doesn't necessarily, you know, go out there and public speak, that's kind of like built in this other side of me that I didn't really know that was there. So it, I, I'd say it's fundamentally changed my life. And, you know, people talk to me about this all the time, like the benefits of podcasting and, you know, the the audience and um you know, like the brand, the reach, all that stuff is just the, the cherry on top. But the actual process of me doing it, you know, I would totally do a podcast, even if it was never recorded. Like I would 100% hands down do it. Overall, it's just like the, the wisdom that I'm learning from so many people. And it really, really motivates me.
0: That's crazy, man. And, and just, I guess, the last question on the podcast stuff is what then having done almost a hundred episodes published, um, what would you say have been your rules for success in creating, A top 50 podcast.
1: Yeah. Research the other person. I see a lot of podcasters that. They want to get like this specific name because it's going to like help their iTunes ranking and like, you know, cross promotion. And sure, that is important. But ultimately, what happens when you do that is you're just focusing in on the result and not the quality of the conversation. So, you know, I'm sure you've heard it a bunch of times I listen to a bunch of podcasts. Some of them are really bad. Some of them are like, oh, yeah, uh you know, how so how would you do that? And you know, what happened next? And it's very clear that they don't care. And I think a big part of that is they don't do the research on the person before. And I kind of learned this from uh, Jordan Harbinger. He's like one of the top podcasters out there. And he basically he researches his guests for eight hours. Uh, And, you know, I don't know if you could do it to that extent, but, you know, if you can more power to you, but it just enables you, it gives you the context for their own life. So when you're having that conversation, you're able to offer a much more fulfilling and engaging conversation that's not on other podcasts, which makes, you know, your, your podcast more authentic. The other thing that I would say is, and this definitely depends on your ambition and what you want to happen. But for, for me, a big part was posting more than once a week. You know, for me, my thought process was, you know, I love podcasting. I want to be a top podcaster, but I'm not Tim Ferriss. I don't have that brand equity to establish it. I'm just, you know, I'm just coming out. I need to almost compensate for that. So to me, I think, I think there's over half a million podcasts out there right now. To me, I think, If you have the ambition for it, I think it's really important to be posting more than once a week. But then again, you know it's not necessary for sure. And I would say the last thing is, so many people just post their their thing on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio, and they just leave it alone. They're not leveraging LinkedIn. They're not leveraging writing a Medium article about it. They're not leveraging you know Instagram or any of that stuff. But you know what I found to be really beneficial is um. And Neil Patel told me this. He says, if you just write an article on on the podcast episode you did, it completely changes the game for it. Um, It makes it a lot more searchable and making little, whether it's like little audio memos or video clips, promoting your podcast on different social networks especially LinkedIn because LinkedIn is super, super underrated. And I think if anything, I've really built my podcast on the back of LinkedIn for sure. And definitely, but I'd say those three are, are, are the big ones for me.
0: That's awesome, man. And, and I guess just one thing I wanted to also mention was for, for, I guess the frequency, I definitely agree with you. I mean, it, just because, you know, one model kind of works for, for one person, like say the Tim Ferriss example, if you compare Tim Ferriss versus Joe Rogan, they're extremely different podcasts, mm-hmm. right? Joe willanik like the way just the way they they approach the the podcast or if you look at like uh, sam harris or if you look at even jordan peterson right recently mm-hmm. like they all have their different kind of ways to, to do it um and so even with with research right i think like a, a great example is, is is you and i like when we when i when i when i was on your podcast first learn a lot about you actually in retrospect and then we stayed very closely connected whether it's on LinkedIn or Instagram tried to connect in Boston when I was there. So we kind of built that relationship and that friendship to, to now when we do the podcast, it's like, I already know so much about you anyways, because we, we constantly follow each other on, on digital and we, we see each other's content. So in my mind, it, it's so embedded there that when we get here, it's literally like I'm catching up with a friend and I'm genuinely interested in, in like, yo, what's, what's going on, man. I want to learn more about what you want, what you've been doing. So exactly, I like that piece, man. Um, so I love that. Um, definitely. You know, I can't wait to see more more of that content with your podcast. And uh, it's interesting too, because you have the podcast and you have the startup on the side, um, which is VU dream. What got you interested in, in, the virtual space? When did that happen? Because it's a relatively new space, right? I know it's, it's been there for a bit, but I think it started in the gaming uh, industry. Now it's like across pretty much any sector more on the training side and the business side. So just tell us about that.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, I think it's a real interesting story. And I think you'll find it interesting. So um, the way that I really started discovering VR is like, I've always tried it out in like malls. You know, I tried it like at the Microsoft store, put on the virtual reality headset. That was pretty cool. You know, nothing, nothing too game changer. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I'm in, uh, I'm in one of my college classes. And one of the assignments is to uh, do a research project on uh, a technology topic. So, you know, out of nowhere, I just picked virtual reality. Didn't even think about it. Ended up doing some research on it. And I came to the realization that, you know, not even like 20 years in the future, like right now, it's being used to help veterans with PTSD. Right now, it's being used to um, help kids with autism, help people with schizophrenia all these different sorts of uses that we don't necessarily have today but it's such a new revolutionary computing platform that it enables anything you imagine to be possible it enables that to be created in a real virtual space which we've never had that before so that concept alone is is is, is totally different and you know the real the real way I started the business was and this is going to be real interesting. Um you know basically uh I had all sorts of issues pop up in my life and uh I was kind of changing myself into a human version 2.0. If you know what I mean. And uh starting a business was was part of that. And for me, I um you know one night I was at this uh I was at this party mm-hmm. and um you know, I was just uh, wasting my time. wasn't doing anything beneficial. I end up having just the hunch to leave, just to start becoming something more. It was, v- it was a very weird experience, but I basically end up going to my room, pulling out a notebook, paper, um, writing down a a variety of different industries to my knowledge that I'm interested in, and I basically write down all these industries, and then after that, I do kind of a cross analysis to say okay, if I get into this industry right now, um, it wouldn't really work too much because it requires a lot of capital to start up and I don't have much experience or this industry isn't mature enough that it'll take you know 30 years to mature or this industry is too mature. And by the time I get into it, I won't be the mature player that I am today. Eventually, I just did a cross analysis and came down to virtual and augmented reality. And once I had that, I was like, okay, what problem can I solve that's in this industry that I could work on right now? So there's the education part. Nobody really knows what VR and AR is online. So I started tackling that. Another thing was VR headsets. So what my company started doing was um, at first we started just to sell VR headsets online, but we ended up doing a a free headset promotion where anybody can just go on and, and get a free headset and pay for shipping and then we also started working with schools to get different headsets shipped to their classroom because the education vr potential is is crazy so that's what we started doing is a very pragmatic thing it was like okay you know month by month what can we start implementing what can we start doing and that's what it uh transformed into that answers your question
0: yeah i know for sure i love that story man and and um I kind of like the, the, your mindset towards doing that, that cross-sectional analysis and it. kind of like a SWOT analysis or any other sort of business kind of plotting where, where you're looking at, you know, what, what value prop do I have and where do I fit within what, what's out there in the market? Um, and, and for you, I mean, because I think you've leveraged a lot of the marketing and advertising knowledge that you've had in the past. Um, and I want to get to that because I know there was a company prior to VU, but um, did you feel like marketing was lacking in that space? And what did you feel like with what you can bring would differentiate yourself from what was already there at that time?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So so like I said, we started off selling VR headsets and um, little did I know what we were really doing in process of marketing that on our website, trying to get people on is we're we were really trying to to market the concept of buying virtual reality for yourself, for your home. Okay. And the thing with VR is if you you know, there's there's a huge range of different VR companies and what they do, but essentially is you can't just make like a Facebook ad for a virtual reality app or a game because there's a funnel that you have to follow and do these people have VR headsets? You know, yes or no. A lot of people don't. Um so the marketing for it is not just as um straight as it is for some other company. So we were really nailing that down in the process of that beginning phase. And um you know through our through our marketing program, you know, long story short like on our website um for our niche like we basically like rank within like the top 3 searches on Google for for VR, our website gets millions of people on that are specifically interested in VR. And when you have something like that, in a, in a, in an industry where nobody really has it figured out at all. It can be, it can be pretty valuable and that's exactly what we did. You know, that just like you said, it's a, it's a brand new industry. It's still being formed. All of these marketing and advertising measures aren't necessarily in place yet. Nobody really knows where's the best place to, you know, get an ROI on your advertising in the VR industry. So we kinda, we kinda did that already. So we kinda nailed it down and you know ever since we had that you know i had ceos calling us up like it it wasn't even a thing that i had in my mind that i could sell as you know like i didn't even have it in my mind it was only until oh oh how are you guys doing this oh well do you think it's possible to you know have it on on our company and sell this vr product and that that's how it really came about you know you're raising a really
0: good point though mark and what's funny is i was actually having a discussion with Um, someone over coffee yesterday, they were trying to target uh, CFOs. Mm. I'll make the connection here in a second, but um, they were trying to market and advertise their firm and their services and their products to CFOs of startups. Mm. The issue is though that the medium that they were using wasn't necessarily attracting that target audience. And I think in marketing that happens so often, right? Because like you want to use LinkedIn, you want to use Instagram and you want to use all the social channels. And you think that all those uh, social channels are right for the medium that you're trying to target. But you raised a really good point saying, like, look, we understood very quickly what works and what doesn't in the VR and uh, AR space. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we kind of tailored the frequencies. We tailored the channels, the mediums to make it more effective. Otherwise, you know, and you raised this even previously with your podcast. You said, like, look, people will get on iTunes and think that's it. Right. Or a podcast or Zencast, whatever. They'll just put it out there and just say, OK, you know, now they'll find me and I'll, I'll get to the top 10, top one. Uh, status, right? Mm-hmm. But what you've been doing, even with with your podcast, even with uh, with Vu, is you're taking like this chunk of content, right? And then you're dicing it in so many different ways. And I see that even with the Instagram channel, like mm-hmm. you've used, you've repurposed the channel now to make it about news and updates and trends, so that people can kind of stay up to date. You're not pushing anything, but that value add that you're creating indirectly entices people to learn more about the VR and AR space and come to you for you know, whether it's help or support or using you as a sounding board, whatever it is. So Yeah, for sure.
1: I can't tell you how many messages I get on my, uh, on ViewDream's Instagram account that are, are just like from some like CEO, COO of some VR company that's like, yo, I heard you guys do blah, 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 and blah, 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 you know, and it, it just leads yeah. to to so many things and like a lot of people before they step into that world, they just, they don't understand that concept. But the that's why the easiest thing is just to, to start, to just do it, trial and error, figure out what works, figure out what doesn't.
0: Mm. So so let's kind of, I guess, take this back now. And uh, so we talked about the podcast. I'm kind of reverse engineering this podcast, view dream. Let's talk a bit about PPMC. Now, I don't have, <laughs> to be honest, dude, I'm not a techie. Like I'm a marketing sales guy. And I'm, I'm bringing this, I'm like number one. I can't remember, is it P- Pixel Pixelman Minecraft server, but I'm reading this and I'm like 10 million users, um, you know, 10,000 registered premium members. Like, it, it's it's kind of interesting to see. And you had a staff of 40 people. Like, just tell us about this story. What what was this, and how did you create it? it and I'm assuming this was at a very young age, you know, because 15. Jesus. Okay. So what was <laughs> this, dude? Explain this to me.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, so like the the preface to this is ages like 11 to to 15 i was uh, I, I was really into video games and i started posting them on on the internet i started posting them on youtube and that was at the time where like there weren't people with like millions and millions of, there were there were a few but there it wasn't that many um I made some money on it you know uh but basically there's this game called minecraft it's yeah. just, and i always used to think of it as like oh dude that's just that's just like a kids game it's like some weird lego forest thing i'm never going to play that uh, one of my friends hops into it. He basically gets me to, to come on. We're playing there. Um, and we end up like joining a, a couple multiplayer servers, like where you can play online with your friends, like multiple people in one game. Okay. And, uh, you know, while I'm playing there, like they're all lagging, they all suck. There's like 600 people on the server and it's horrible. So I'm just thinking in my mind, like in my young, naive mind, like, dude, I could totally do a better version of this. And, I remember very quick, like in that same day, go on Google. I start Googling a bunch of things. How do I start a a Minecraft server? How do I download this? Um, And then I end up basically hosting or, or buying a server slot from this hosting company in New York for like $10 a month. And... Anything else i didn 't know how I ended up hiring this freelancer from India that helped me install like the Java plugins, helped me set them up, taught me how to do it, it wasn 't anything too complex, but i just didn 't know how to do it. so I spent like thirty bucks on him and uh, I, yeah i get on this I get on the server I literally have no idea like i 'm just googling my way like anything uh, how do i how do I install this or or it 's giving me this error code? What does this mean? How do I fix it? Within like a couple of weeks, I had people joining the server and, you know, to keep the story short, you know, literally just like a, a mini community starts to form. And wow. within that mini community, people start like naturally adopting roles. It was kind of like a like a self-forming organism, like uh, in the server. There's... um. I don't know if you ever played Pokemon before, but there's uh, there's different gym leaders. Like there's like these leaders you need to beat. So people just start volunteering for that. And like as I'm seeing this whole thing grow, I'm I'm doing uh, tweaks to the website. I'm adding uh, a voting feature where people can go on the top Minecraft server website and vote for us, and they'll get a reward in the game. So I'm adding all these things. Next thing you know, um. So I started this in November 13th of 2013. And within Thanksgiving time, so just a week or two, um, we had had an online store. People could buy microtransactions. People can buy virtual objects in the game. Like if they want to buy like a cool Pokeball, they want to buy like a cool backpack, they can spend real money and get it in the game. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, Thanksgiving weekend comes we end up making like 300 bucks on that weekend. And I'm thinking like, wow, we just made 300 bucks. <laughs> and uh, I never really made money online. I made like some, some little things. I did like some freelancing, did some YouTube stuff. But, and then I like at the end of that month, it made like over a thousand dollars. And like, that's when my brain really started thinking, I'm like, wait, what, you know, what is this? But I just don't think about it. I keep working on the website. I start figuring things out. You know, just typical, you see this happen, you optimize it, you tweak it. Looking back at it now, a lot of the marketing things that I was doing was like email, community, like direct message marketing that I didn't even know what the word marketing meant. Next thing you know, um, I'm 16 years old. It's one of the top Minecraft servers in the world, there's thousands of people joining every day. It's wow. making a crazy amount of money, um, you know people are you know messaging me back and forth, uh, and like I end up going to, like different conferences when I'm 18 and 19, and people like recognize me as like the kid who started that server because like it wasn't me, but like the server itself was super popular.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I end up having a staff team of 40 people, um, really just crazy, crazy things. But that's really how I got my uh, my start of things. So the- I just kind of stumbled into it. Yeah.
0: But what what like what ended up happening to it? Did you just like sell it or
1: Dude, what? it's still up right now, man. Like I I own it and I have other people running it, but I just don't uh I don't like manage it or anything. I just have other people doing it.
0: That's crazy, man. Yeah. Damn. So you monetize mostly from the store or like is there other
1: Yeah, so it's completely free to join, to come on. Um you can play as much as you want. There's no limits on the game or anything, but if you just want anything extra, you can pay for it. That's great. Yeah.
0: Cool, man. Yeah. I was laughing like when you're telling the story just in terms of like, you know, like outsourcing, you know, help from India, you know, paying paying a, a person in, in New York to host this or like, I'm like what the, you're like 1314. How the fuck were you doing this? <laughs>
1: Dude, crazy. I just knew how to Google things, man.
0: That's crazy. I'm gonna <laughs> use that Instagram caption. I just know how to Google things.
1: <laughs> That's really it, man. And, ah. I, and like just like as a quick like arbitrage to that, like on the podcast that I have and talking to all the guests, like I can't tell you how many of them, maybe not necessarily like dumbfoundedly stumble into it like I did, but so many of them just, just they to, yeah. Google their way through. They trial and error the way through. They have no idea what they're doing until you kind of like look back and say, Oh wow. That was, you know, that, that was a thing that was happening. You know, I had
0: the same experience even when I started my, well, anything to be honest. I mean, when I started my podcast, it was the same thing. When I started my blog, I remember, man, it was like 9 p.m. or something on a Thursday, and I and I go to Google. I'm like, how do you create a website like a blog? And the first thing that came up was WordPress. So I mm. click on it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like templates, because I didn't know how I didn't know how to how to build a website from scratch. So I'm like, I definitely need a template. And I just pop it open. It looks like crap in the beginning, and I just kind of started tweaking it from there and just started writing. And then LinkedIn has been another great um, mm. platform for that as well. If you don't actually want to have a separate blog site or Medium is super easy. But uh, to your point, man, like a lot of what we do is in the beginning, you just, I mean, that that's why that notion, like fake it till you make it, it, it has such a negative connotation, but everybody fakes it till they make it. Like at some point in time, you you can't have all the answers. So there's always this road of like ambiguity that, that you're traveling on. Um, and, and as you travel on it, you're trying to find answers and, and such, like whether it's talking to people or figuring out yourself. Uh, but in that period, you're going to have to go through it. And um, yeah, it, it's a lot of like trial and error, finding, searching, being curious and
1: yeah, that's why the most important thing is just to keep moving forward and just keep trying. You know, like yeah. like I, you know, like you, I'm sure you see all the time like people are on like LinkedIn and people are on this like dude, how do I start doing this? You just start. You know, you you just do it, don't overthink it because if you overthink it, you'll be somebody like me, you know, 2 months before they even have a podcast episode. You know, right. that's why you just got to put one foot in front of the other.
0: What would you say you've learned uh, from from having hosted so many of of, of these ind- guests, I should call them, uh, or friends on, on the podcast? Because you've had very different discussions, and as you said, like you were trying to find answers for your own challenges—maybe right, spiritual health, uh, business-related. So, so what are some key lessons that that have stuck with you from from some of the podcasts that you've done?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, this is a this is a very hard question because it's just there's so, so many. many. So many people, but I'll tell you some things. Like, I'll tell you some things I haven't mentioned before because I get this this question a lot. Um, I had this guy on episode fifty seven, Ira Israel, and it was a uh, it was a very meta conversation about um obsolete systems in the twenty first century, like governments and institutions. And one thing that he said to me that was really interesting is, um he so he had a car accident half his face was like gone chopped off and he went around for 20 years telling everybody oh yeah I was in a car accident where I almost died and half my face got almost got chopped off Mm. and eventually he says that for 20 years and then he gets down to this guy and um, he tells him and he's like no no it didn't and he's like okay I was in a car accident I almost died and he's like no that didn't happen and he's like you were in a car accident everything else you added Hmm. and it kind of gave me the reflection of my own life to see okay is the story that i'm telling about myself to myself is it accurate is it really accurate or is my ego just trying to add on to all these different things so i can kind of latch onto it with my identity to have people feel sorry for me or to make myself feel better about it that to me was was really peculiar mm. uh one guy on who i had um jay henricks he's a new york times bestselling author he wrote the book thank you for arguing this is very recent he taught me a very interesting tip and he said before you get on a video chat before you get on to like an interview or anything like that this is going to sound really weird but i started thinking about it and it's Make the intention before you come on the video chat that you love the other person and that you love their audience, and mm. that to me it sounds really weird, but it's extremely okay. powerful. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one. I'll I'll say that like the last one. This guy named um David Meltzer. Yeah, he's a genius dude. He was the CEO of the world's first smartphone. He runs one of the top sports marketing agencies. And he shared with me the the story of the bamboo tree. Oh, yeah. You know that one? Yeah, I think I posted that one on my Instagram, but it's so powerful. And it's basically for the first four or five years of the bamboo tree, it grows and it's only like two, three inches. mm -hmm. But underneath the soil, underground, it's creating this whole ravenous Deep-seated foundation root system that's going to really go in the ground. But if you're looking at that bamboo tree for like the first four or five years, you're like, this thing isn't even growing. This thing isn't even moving. And he pretty much just it was it was analogy to to young entrepreneurs or people that are just starting in the game. And they're like, oh, you know, where are my results? Where are my results? You got to spend those first four or five years really figuring out who you are as a person, really going introspective inside. And then once you have that, you'll be able to have the context and the value to be able to relate to others and create that um, authenticity that's going to actually propel you. Because after those four or five years, the bamboo tree fires up; it roots 80 up, feet at eighty feet tall. Yeah. And I, what,
0: what's funny, dude, is I use that in my in my interview for for uh, nice. when, I was, when I was applying for the Toronto Stock Exchange and um it's such a it's such a phenomenal story man and i like actually how you positioned it on the entrepreneur side there's so many ways actually you can look at it now that you're hearing you say the story now i was thinking about it in like different angles actually so that that was cool
1: yeah i mean i th- I, I think it's uh i think it can be related to a lot of things in life you know yeah. a lot of things are like that and um you know that was that was just one lesson but uh overall you know the, the biggest thing that i've learned from the podcast is that you know, you don't you don't want to fool yourself or anything, but success really is all about perspective. And just by doing the podcast, what I've learned, George, is that by talking to like all these people that I have in my head as idols, mm-hmm. you know, like David, uh, David Meltzer, Neil Patel, like people that I've been learning from for years online, having them come on the podcast and just having like a conversation with them before it starts, cool. I came to the realization that they're just normal people. Yeah. They're like, they have their own fears. They have their own insecurities. And before you, I, at least me, I didn't really know that, you know, I just thought like in my head, these are just perfect people. They're
0: unreachable. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. That, that's that been a huge thing for me.
0: That, that's, that's crazy. And I think by doing that metaphorically, because they're attainable to have on the podcast, it kind of, makes it seem that that well in a good way or makes it actually a reality that that the goals that you have in mind are also attainable you know
1: absolutely 100 percent.
0: that's a very cool metaphor man i like that and so look i asked this question to a lot of my my guests and i always like to end it in this way um because you've, you've shared so many great things man and i love those three different pieces by the way uh, and it's 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 even mm. just not uh, nice to see you like really um kind of retain that information like it shows how much you care about about your podcast and about your guests so you're applying that by the way that rule that someone told you you're applying yeah. that well man you actually care about them and their guests um what's one thing for for someone listening right now who's say in their t- early mid-20s uh what's that one piece of advice that you'd give them um that you've kind of picked up along, along you know along the way
1: yeah um find find your your north star find your highest uh truth and uh take your best aim at it um in your in every 24 hours that you get you know that's kind of the the mechanism that you have and and almost you know what i want to say is you know find find your north star find your your highest aim in life whatever that is that could be, um, and and you gotta really drill deep down. You know, don't just say I want to be an entrepreneur. Don't just say I want to have a podcast. Drill deep down, figure out what's really important to you. Um, take your take your best shot at it in whatever way, because when you understand that, you know you really can't fail. You know, mistakes are just the the stepping stones up to there. And you know when you're when you're aiming at your highest uh, truth. Um, everything should seem, you, you should seem like you're living an adventure, you know, really, let me reverse that. Find a, think, think back to your life. Think of a time where like you literally could not wait to get up in the morning. It could be like Mm -hmm. the day of vacation. You know, it could be the day where you're about to go to the beach with all your friends, you know, find almost find that peak moment and then figure out, you know, What what highest truth am I gonna aim to continuously get that and live a a real hero's journey? I know that was kind of weird and elongated, but I think people know what I'm talking about.
0: 100%, man, 100%. So basically, you know, be be the hero in in your story. You know, not just I mean, your life is the story, and and you're the main character. So, you know, for anyone listening, even I just add to that because I think that's a great kind of package that you put together, uh, Mark. Is you know. In in every movie, there's always like those ups and downs too. And if you're in that down right now too, and if you face challenges, be that person that you know turns things around, right? Just be that person that you know, no matter how how fucking low you are right now, how how deep in the trenches, that can withstand those challenges and those hurdles. Pick things back up, get back up, even with those scars, bruises, uh, and and just keep going. And then, you know, and then at least you can look back and say, look, I tried. And every measure of I tried is much better than I wish I did. So,
1: yeah, I mean, there's that quote. It says, you know, if you aim for that, your highest star Mm -hmm. and you miss, you'll still end up amongst the stars. So 100 percent, man.
0: Love it, dude. Well, Mark, uh, thanks very much, man. I really appreciate the talk. It was good to finally I know this is uh, long overdue. uh, (laughs) So I was happy to have you on the podcast as well, man. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening. Uh, learn a lot from your story and it, it do honestly there's some things in there i didn't know myself um you know and and just kind of hearing you talk about it from from your perspective has been really cool so thank you
1: awesome george thank you so much for having me on and thank you so much for listening um if i can uh, if i can leave a request you know everyone out there go to go to george's uh go to george's page go to george's website leave leave him a review he this guy works really hard and and he appreciates it and i would appreciate it
0: Thank you, my man. Mark Metry, episode twenty five. Let's grab coffee now in the books. Thanks, brother. Awesome.
1: Dude